Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crazy Waffle Podcast. I'm your host Mark Hirons and today we're talking to Lisa Jacobs. All the way from the Netherlands, Lisa specialises in logo design and branding. On the show today we talk about design from different countries, women in design, Lisa's background and more. So without further ado, this is my chat with Lisa Jacobs. So I wondered sort of how you got into design and, uh, and what started and what attracted you to it. Well, it's, it's a bit of a complicated story because it started as that I was drawing a lot. I was doing a lot of um, photorealistic drawing and then, you know, I wanted, I knew that I wanted to do something creative because I wasn't really good at anything else, but I didn't know what specifically. So I went to college at this uh, faculty called Communication and Multimedia Design where you can basically explore all kinds of media and, you know, learn about movies, movie making, like editing, 3D, web design, anything, basically. And then there was this minor uh, where we had to create uh, a branding for the specific client at the time. Uh, classes, branding classes, and I was really, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Yeah. And that's kind of like how I, I got specifically into branding, and that I think is now two and a half, three years ago, something nice. like that. Was there any sp- yeah. specific designers or specific like logos that like really liked? Well, I think it's actually that when I had these classes and then I watched uh, this episode from Abstract on Netflix uh, yeah. with uh, Paula, Sh- Paula Cher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I was, uh, I, I think that the the when she was talking about you know creating really timeless designs and articles that I read online where they were really getting into timeless designs and not necessarily that it's so modern for this mm. time. I thought that that was really interesting that something could just look good no matter what time in the future or in the past. Yeah, yeah. I think that that was really cool, and that's yeah, it's something that I want to move forward to. I don't think I'm there yet, but it's something that I, I find really interesting. Definitely yeah. attracts me as well. I mean, the style that you do is sort of similar to what I do in a way. Like it's a very sort of uh, sort of monodyne, very like clean and simple. Um, yeah. I think that's that's definitely like, one way to go to get the timeless logos, and it works. Yeah, is that something you've been thinking about, like by doing that style? Yeah, yeah. The thing is, you have so many books like Logo Modernism, yeah. and you know these kind of books that have that done perfectly, but. It's also the thing is that the, these logo designs are often also really simple. Yeah. So I'm also for like, where, when is it like a copy, or when do you like, mm. when is it like inspired by or copied by? Because a lot of, for example, a while back I saw the Airbnb logo in that logo modernism book. Yeah. That was actually from a different company. It was the exact same thing, yeah. the exact same thing, but like, yeah, that's that's tricky because a lot of the times with these timeless logos, it often looks like something that has already been done. That's hard. <laughs> it's a fine line, isn't it? It's a fine like walking the tightrope um, between copying and, and uh, inspiration, yeah. I mean, so many, I mean, I'm part of a few Facebook groups and there's always people asking, is this too similar? Compare their logo to someone else's and it's, it's basically the same. I don't think anyone's ever found a real answer for that. Do you know of any secret thing? Yeah, I mean, the thing is that I think every piece of, of design that people do nowadays or make nowadays, it's hmm. it's a combination of things that have already been done before. So it's you, you can't be really be like 100% original yeah. in your designs. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with um, being inspired by uh, pieces that have already been done as long as you give your own twist to it. So, and I think that that is where um, some people do it really right. 
and some people need to kind of discover that direction, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's also if you want to learn from things that have already been done by just practicing, it's not that bad. I think if you yeah. if you do that, no. If you're starting out and you don't know how to use Illustrator, you can trace logos and you know that, obviously not yours, but you can like trace them and, and learn how to use the tools and stuff. And um, I even just try and copy something just to learn the software, like not even not to as your own work, but like just to learn the software and yeah. it's quite handy. So yeah, exactly. What's uh, you're right, you're in Holland, is that right? Netherlands. Yes. Yeah. What's that like? <laughs> well, it's I, I think it's kind of like a hotspot for for design. So yeah. I guess that's uh, I got a big advantage in that. I don't live in Amsterdam though. Yeah. So I, I live in a very southern. Uh, it's like this most southern tip, uh, almost from the Netherlands. So uh, it's like 15 minutes to Belgium, 15 minutes uh, to Germany. Nice. Yes. That's easy. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of uh, it's a lot of culture kind of. Yeah. I, I I think that that's really the big advantage of, of the Netherlands. Also that it's very progressive in a lot of areas. So it's more daring, I think. I think that the artists here are a little bit more daring in a, in a way. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I can see like Holland is to me it's like this sort of country that's very um very like trendy. Um yeah, like, very trendy and cultured, yeah. I don't know. For young people, for like youth and, and energy. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what <laughs> yeah, you think. Yeah, I mean it's it's very different from where I come from yeah, yeah. to Amsterdam because where I come from the people are very uh, more like cozy, having all about, you know, having a beer, having a fun time, you know, relax and this Sounds kind of good stuff. To me. With Amsterdam it's very much it's it's very much like um, New York ish kind right. of environment where yeah. everybody's like really stressed and career-based and uh you know this force that they have to be original <laughs> that's, that's the impression that i have yeah but so what, have you noticed like a difference in style like between design from holland and design from like the netherlands and from from other places in the world i think what we just discussed with the timeless part yeah i think that for example america does that really right yeah like they did that really well i think and like you said, Netherlands, I think, is more about trend, like trendy styles. Mm. I think that that's more their USP, so uh, to call it like that. So, yeah, I think that the more permanent designs, they come from countries like England or America. I think so. No, I, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And then more the trendy uh, things that are used more temporarily come from here, I think. But... Uh, I'm not sure. No, I, I think that makes sense as well. Like more traditionally as well, because you've got obviously the internet now helps everyone because everyone can access the same sort of like designs from anywhere around the world. But you've got uh, like, traditionally it's more Italian designs, more serif, um, and more sort of classy and fashion um, based. Yeah. And then like uh, like Swiss design is is more like bold and um, that. So that's quite interesting that you've not sort of noticed that. Is there like any a lot of like design design museums and stuff in Holland or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, uh, definitely with the you know with the whole um, Vincent van Gogh coming from here, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, like famous painters like Rembrandt and stuff, like that's that's focused, like that's centralized here in in the Netherlands. So that there's a lot of museums with uh, very traditional art from uh, like four or five hundred years ago. Yeah, but then modern art, there are. Um, places here, but I don't think that they are that like prominent. Probably most modern um, 
museums here are all about innovation, I think, okay. in a way. Like innovative art, for example. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, something like that. It's, it, it's shifting a lot where um, I think innovation and, and art is, is kind of getting mixed in a yeah. way, which I think is really cool. But it's yeah. not something that you can hang on your wall, for example. So, that's, yeah, that's, it's different. That's good for like uh, for it to go in a different direction as well. Like if you're innovating, like whilst doing creative stuff, it, it sort of spurs it onto off to into a new direction. I think the thing is with big cities, I think like Amsterdam and New York, you can get trapped in this sort of bubble where you just work, work, work. Yeah, the thing is also that these. I mean, you have that probably in London and mm. everywhere else as well. Is that these cities are crazy expensive to, yeah. to live in so it's it's not that attractive for a lot of people to go there or it is mm. so they can get better jobs but that's the point also with the creative industry because where i come from there isn't much um work for um designers right. basically so to actually like get a design job at an agency design agency or something that's really something you have to go for yeah, yeah. To Amsterdam or these cities over there. Yeah, so so you, you sort of founded your own like your own creative bubble. Is this not really? Is there any other, like many more people to communicate with? Yeah, exactly. But I think that because I didn't, uh, I wasn't on Instagram for that long. Yeah. No, and I think the way I've experienced it is it really opened so many doors from wherever you live. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is the nice thing about the platform like uh, Instagram is that we can make contacts with anywhere in the world. And if you do it right, you put some work into it. And some, yeah, if you really like put some time and work into it, you can maybe in the future work moderately, mm. like from anywhere in the world. And I think that that is a big dream, I think, for a lot of people. And it's also, I think, a... The direction that we're all going to go into in the future. Yeah, that's With a good point. Millennials in general, I think. Yeah, definitely. Everyone wants to be sort of comfortable in their own home, um, not have to go like commuting seven to seven a.m. in the morning and moving around. Um, do you find design being like a predominantly male industry? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's not consciously that I thought like, oh, this is a male industry, but I looked at my statistics on Instagram, and I think yeah. it's like seventy. Is seventy five percent male? I think my oh. followers, and I thought maybe it was because I'm female. I don't know. Yeah. But I checked it with male um, Instagrammers who are also doing graphic design. They have the, the exact same statistics. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's yeah. I I kind of have the feeling that it is. I didn't. I was kind of surprised when I found out. Mm. But yeah, I think so. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure, but I think, um, but this is also, it's it's a concept that I have in my head, but I'm not exactly sure if it is. Yeah. But I have a feeling like when you, a female designer is coming up with something or a great idea or a concept or a design or whatever, I feel like people approach that person more in the sense of that this, like, this girl comes from the um, art academy and she's maybe a little bit, you know, how do you say that in English? Yeah, how, oh, how do you say that? A little bit woozy, a little bit hippie-ish right. uh, about their thoughts, about their concept or whatever. Whereas they probably think, oh, there are not many males at Art Academy, so they're probably thinking in a more logical way about design and concept, uh -huh. this kind of stuff. It's a, it's a 
thing feeling that I have or an impression that I have because when you go to art school the majority are women mm-hmm. always most of the time yeah and so in that way I think that that kind of approach is there so I'm not yeah I'm not sure if it's that but I it's an impression that I have yeah I'm not sure yeah so you, like you, you think it's sort of um from a business sense, businesses are more likely to go with men because they potentially, although like they, you think it's going to be a bit more level-headed because they didn't do artsy and it's not going to be too out there. Is that right? Like, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, but it's also, I think, a very important part of being a designer is that you can sell very well. Your sales, yeah, um, your, yeah, your sales skills. And I fun. think that men are much better at that like overall in general than, than women. Because you, you not only have to sell your designs, if you you also have to sell yourself in a way. Yeah. And I think that men are probably a lot better at that than than women. Yeah, maybe in so, general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see your point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I was always quite stunned by this one because it's there's always seems to be a lot of, especially in my in English schools anyway. There always seems to be a lot of uh, females and and obviously women in uh, school doing design and college. Um, but there, it's weird because you don't see many women running agencies or like women like designers like apart from Paula Scher and the old ones here and there the, the majority of people that we look up to is more like Michael Beirut uh, Aaron Drapp they're all men aren't they like all these like Tom Geismer he's all yeah it's strange I mean I would what, what would your, your strategy be to get more women into graphic design if that's what well, you want I think <laughs> also the main I because I, I have a lot of friends like female uh, friends who are designers and I think one of the issues that um, I think is a difference also between me and them is that I want to I, I feel more comfortable exposing my work online right and I didn't do that before either but the moment that I started to do do that I was getting approached for all kinds of reasons and I was also getting a little bit more of that um, entrepreneurial gut feeling and the sales uh, the sales uh, experience and this kind of stuff and I think a lot of uh, female designers might be a little self-conscious about exposing their work online when that is actually the best thing that you can do for your career yeah I think definitely I think that that is that is a big difference that probably male designers are not that hesitant in putting their stuff online yeah that's an interesting one as well because you went you talked about instagram and you said you haven't been on there for that, that long um when i went to germany there was it was interesting we got talking to a few german people and they said they don't really use that many social medias that a lot of like typically american and british people do the main ones over here are sort of twitter facebook instagram and snapchat i, I heard that like in some parts of Europe, they don't tend to use Instagram and Snapchat. Is that right? They have like, other ones. Uh, the main ones that are actually used are Facebook because most um, business people who are looking for branding, they're on uh. Facebook. They're not on Instagram. Yeah. So I think in that way, um, more agencies are more focused on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing <sighs> is that my focus right now is is it's something that I've kind of discovered along the way is more America because they are more commercial than Europeans I think yeah I think so and therefore they are more willingly to actually commit to yeah the spending project. money yeah yeah and that's really hard sometimes with other uh, people and I think in that way Instagram is really great but the thing is that Instagram is a visual platform 
yeah. and Facebook isn't. And in the way that Facebook has uh, changed their algorithm over the years, it kills small businesses. Mm. If you're already great on Facebook, then go for it. But if you start on Facebook, yeah, you're screwed, yeah. basically. Yeah, Yeah, I felt a bit that. Have you faced any challenges being a female designer? Well, like I said, I have the feeling that sometimes people would think I would think in a more artsy kind of way yeah. about concepts instead of in a more logical way, maybe. Uh, but that was, I think, in the beginning. Once people knew my work and knew how serious I was about it, mm. probably I think that people are more yeah, confident with working with me, I think. But I also, uh, like right now in my full-time job, I also work with a lot of males on the work floor. Yeah. And it's a very um, businessy environment because I work with a lot of startups mm. and um, people who support startups and this kind of stuff. So it's, and then it's um, you know the, the 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 biggest challenge I think that everybody has with design overall is that everybody has an opinion on it. I don't think there's any profession in the world other than music where people have so much opinion on yeah, something. Yeah. If you're a lawyer or a doctor or a cashier, so like a, or somewhere, it's 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 not the same because you can't tell they do their jobs right. Yeah, exactly. Anyone can have an opinion on it, and it's very hard when um, you know people with a lot of experience in business um, are so damn sure about their own opinion. Yeah, <laughs> and that is, I think, uh, a very big difference. Uh, is being a challenge for all designers in general. How are you going to work with those opinions? Because a lot of these these uh, opinions are very helpful for your designs, but there's a difference between giving feedback and forcing your opinion on the designer. And that is where it gets tricky because you don't want to lose your client, but you also want to, um, you know, fulfill their wishes, kind yeah. of. Yeah, no, that's just, I think that's more of a sort of design in general rather than just like a female thing. I think the client always thinks they know, they know best and sometimes they design it themselves and have a go at you. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a hard sell. Design is a hard sell. I don't know why we got into this. I had this discussion actually, uh, I think a week ago or something, yeah. uh, someone approached me on Instagram and was like, hey, can you make a logo for me, and yeah. what's your rate, it? what's your rate, and whatever, so I explained to them uh, what my rate was and why, I told them a little bit about my experiences, and in the end yeah. he was like, yeah, I'll just make it myself, <laughs> and it was basically uh, a design for a, a clothing line that he was going to do, you're going to have that a lot on Instagram, yeah. and I'm like, how on and this is this is something that I've realized not too long ago, and this is something that I want to ask, mm. maybe a little bit less rude, but in a way to clients who respond like this is why, how do you expect customers to invest in your product if you don't want to invest in it yourself? Yeah, because that is basically what you're doing. I mean, it's you know what nobody is blind to see if um, someone has just you know, easily brought it on the market without putting any time or effort on it, in yeah. it. And when it comes to your own product, they're just lazy and they're like, no, they're not going to see it, it's the perfect product. Exactly, yeah. It's that first, uh, uh, first impression thing. If you don't have a, a good logo like or a good branding, you're going to make a bad first impression. So it's like, um, so it's, yeah, it's a hard sell. I don't know how we're going to get, if we're ever going to get around it. I mean, maybe people would just start using online tools to 
to start doing our own design work and people that actually want design done properly then come to designers but it's, it's scary it's scary because there's so many websites now that offer it for free or so cheap and obviously people doing it themselves think that they could they can do it the best because they're doing it for their business yeah I'm, I'm actually quite scared by it but I don't, <laughs> I don't know we'll see where it goes in the future I suppose yeah but I think it's also you know you don't want to work with clients who work with these kind of services because oh, they yeah. don't realize that branding can make or break your company yeah. in a way it's not the only factor that can you know, make sure of that, but it's definitely a big one. Definitely, it, it it doesn't only uh, you don't only see that in the price when someone is like that. You can see it in the response rates because they never gonna respond to your emails. Mm. They're not um, involved in your in your products, and they're gonna come back and back again and expect you to do things for free. That's not the kind of client base that you want to build up. So yeah. it's it comes back to just only the price and I think that that is why that, that is what a lot of pe designers or people just don't get yet and which is why they just keep taking these projects for low prices it's much more than that mm. yeah but yeah it's a shame but that's what it is <laughs> yeah try just thinking about it for a second it scares me but <laughs> yeah I, people like you say like, like uh, people that take these jobs I think they benefit in the short time by getting a little bit of amount of money, but then they won't benefit in the long term because they're not realizing they're actually doing their own, their own themselves harm by taking these smaller projects, these working with these bad clients. But maybe they'll learn. I, I've done it in the past. I've, I'll admit to it. But um, yeah, I've done it too. But yeah. you know, you gotta learn, and it's you know, yeah. There's a growth there. Of course, you also have to keep in mind how um, experienced you are. Make sure to keep that in mind. But it's not. You know, it's not sustainable for the long run to hold up a client base like that. You're yeah. gonna ruin you. You're gonna ruin yourself eventually. Maybe not right now, but like years from now, because then this guy told like ten other guys that he got this logo for twenty euros exactly. or something. You'll have so <laughs> and much. Then you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. you have so much work, and then like your your brain would be crazy because you've got so much to do. Yeah, and then you got enough money to support yourself, but you got all this work. Like, how's that possible? I understand. Yeah. I understand. So yeah, going back to your you're talking about sort of positioning yourself as more of a designer rather than an artsy person, so that people will trust you a bit more. I scrolled right down to the bottom of your Instagram feed, and there's that one picture, the one drawing you did after two years of not drawing. Yeah, it's uh, I think the the first like it's not the first one that I ever posted. I just deleted a bunch of stuff before yeah. I started on Instagram. But yeah, that's that's one of uh, the ones that I drew, yeah. That's an incredible drawing. I, I Like you say, photorealistic. It's how? <laughs> I've never been able to draw that that good and it's it's incredible. Stop it, you. <laughs> no, no, I'm being serious. How, how do you, have you had, like practiced over time or like? I watched, uh, I, I started back in high school and I remember watching a lot of YouTube tutorials yeah. on drawing and then I would just sit in my bedroom for hours with this like tiny picture on my phone, my, my uh, Blackberry phone yeah. and, and just drawing them and then they would just get hypnotized for hours and then I would, it would be like 10, 20 hours until this picture was done and then I would go on to the next one but the thing is that it's nice to learn like skills and to see how light and, and shadows work and, and shapes and this kind of these kind of things but it's not creative you're just copying a photo basically yeah so but that's you... why I eventually I was like yeah yeah 
You say it's copying a photo though, but if you copy like a, a, like a, a if you're drawing a photo, a photo, if you're drawing a person in front of you, then it's not really copying a photo. It'd be like that's what that is. That's what drawing is, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Anyway, yeah, like I've said it before on the podcast. Like uh, I think it's people have a, a bit more of appreciation for hand drawn stuff these days with all of the digital stuff that's going on. Like if you see something's hand drawn, you know time has been put into it. Yeah, I think it's nice when it's something that I've heard in maybe a documentary or a film or whatever, yeah. but I thought it was really nice that back in the day where um, artists would go to school to learn more about abstract painting mm. or something like that, they would have to master realism before they had to, uh, before they could uh, uh, master abstract, uh, abs- abstractism? Yeah, Abstractive? something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, but that I think is a very interesting concept, mm. and I think it's nice that I have that base also with logo designs, definitely, and branding. Definitely. So, awesome. Um, I'm going to ask you three quick questions and sort of ask them to everyone. What is your best purchase under a hundred euros? Uh, under a hundred euros. Um, <laughs> I think actually I have it in my. I have it somewhere, but I had the. I bought the Dot Grid book a while oh, back, yeah. the sketchbook from yeah, yeah. Uh, Behance. I love it. It's it's so great. It really improved my logo designs. I use it now as well in my posts, mm. even though it's, I make them digitally. But it challenges you in a much. It challenges you so much to draw more options for mm. logos, and really kind of invites you to try new things when you're sketching a logo. I love it. Yeah. I truly love it. Yeah. Awesome. I have to pick that up. I haven't, I haven't seen it before. Um, I've heard of it quite a few times, but that's, that's good. What is your best design advice? I should have asked mm. you this before the podcast <laughs> to get you prepared them. But uh, yeah, I think it's to really when you have a client and you have your um, design ready. Make sure to make a story out of your presentation. Mm. Don't just send the logo in a JPEG and that's it. Make yeah. a story around it. Show how you how you came up with it. And mock-ups are your best friends. Because, you know, if, if you're just going to send the logo and that's it, they're not going to think like, oh, this could look great on a T-shirt or a mug or mm. how would this look like on uh, an envelope or whatever. And then that's where mock-ups come in because they can do that for you. And that sometimes with a great mock-up, it just it just makes the logo look ten times better. Yeah. And the feedback that you're gonna get for your work once you do this is twenty times better, maybe more. <laughs> that's fantastic advice. Yeah, it brings brings it to life, doesn't it? Like you say, it gives it a story. And if you put it on mock-ups, it it shows the person, the client. That's real. They're not just a picture. It's definitely yeah. yeah. That's fantastic advice. Finally, let's go a bit deep. And uh, how do you want to be remembered? Like when I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's dark. It's deep, but like it's something that everyone thinks about. I think anyway. I think everyone thinks about it. Maybe I'm just weird. Yeah, I mean, it's like I guess you could say like a designer that comes up with great ideas that nobody else would. I'm not there yet, but that's where I would like to be. And that people would see my work and think like that she can just come up with that, you know? It's it's I think an incredible gift if you can come up with something that ninety nine point nine 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 of people 
can't come up with mm. or something. I, I, I can't explain it, but there's yeah, like a sense, sense of originality to anything that you do mm. that is not only original, but also looks really damn good. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I can't explain it. <laughs> no, yeah, it, you did explain it. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for being on the podcast. That's it. <laughs> oh, no problem. Had fun. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to watching it back. <laughs> yeah. Where can uh, people say hello to you and find you and, and contact you on Instagram and social media? On Instagram, I have, uh, I'm Lisa Jacobs Design. Cool. So, uh, yeah, probably find out pretty easy. Other than that, I'm also Lisa Jacobs at Dribble and Lisa Jacobs on Behance. And that's about it. <laughs> Nice. I'll put those links in so. the description anyway, but yeah. Thanks very much. Appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Don't forget to go and check out Lisa at Lisa Jacobs Design on Instagram. And if you like the episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. We're nearing 500 subscribers on YouTube, which is absolutely crazy since we only started this year on something like 310. So uh, thank you very much for all of your continued support. It's been really awesome chatting to so many cool people and putting these podcasts out there. So thanks very much, and I'll see you in the next episode.